Hi, this is Brad Zocco, co-pastor of Bethel Church Edgemont in Edgemont, South Dakota. I hope this message today inspires you. I hope it builds you up and leaves you wanting to learn more about the kingdom of God. Let's go. Go ahead and have a seat and we will dive right in. Well, good morning, everybody, once again. I feel like I'm an elementary teacher all over again. <laughs> good, morning. good morning, Mr. Zocco. So what a great title. What's the point? Leaves you kind of questioning and wondering a little bit about it. But this series that we're going to go through for the next couple of weeks entitled What's the Point is all about the Holy Spirit. And I think maybe through worship you are starting to gather that a little bit, but we're going to talk about the reason for the Holy Spirit. What is the point? What is the reason for the Holy Spirit? I think we all know that the Holy Spirit is part of the, the Trinity. We have God and we have the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But I think the problem is that sometimes we think of God as being in spirit or being the spirit, but we equate that fact to the Holy Spirit. But God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit are separate and they are distinct. See, God is the creator of all. God is the ultimate authority. He creates, He directs, He rules absolutely everything. In fact, the book of Psalms 145 verse 13 tells us that His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and His dominion endures through all generations. God is in charge. Now Jesus, Jesus is the Son of God, the Savior who died on the cross and, and rose from the dead. He's the healer. He's our salvation. He's our cornerstone in which we find our strength. The book of Acts chapter 4, verse 12 tells us that there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. But the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit is one that I think sometimes people push aside. Now, they don't push the Holy Spirit aside in the disregarding type or the disregarding way, but they push the Holy Spirit aside because the Holy Spirit is oftentimes, I believe, misunderstood. See, the Holy Spirit is a wonderful person. The Holy Spirit is a friend. The Holy Spirit is a guide and a counselor and a teacher. See, we as Christians, we need to learn about the Holy Spirit and let Him move with power in our lives. He's going to bring us to joy like we never knew it before. If we allow the Holy Spirit to move within us, then we can truly feel joy. See, the Holy Spirit lives in us, and when we come to Him and we ask Him, He will teach us about God, and He will teach us about Jesus, and we'll teach us, it'll, He will teach us about Himself. Did you know that the Holy Spirit actually has a personality? The Holy Spirit won't force anything on us, but as we open ourselves up to Him, He will begin to teach us so that we can get to know God and His will for us. See, we learn the will of God by reading His Word. We learn the will of God by reading the Bible. And the Holy Spirit then has the opportunity to move within us. See, Scripture describes the Holy Spirit in personal terms, not as some impersonable force. See, the Holy Spirit teaches and guides and comforts and intercedes. He has emotions, intellect, and will. So let's think for a moment about the nine gifts of the Spirit 
that are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So on the screen, we have those listed above us, and I want to go through each of those a little bit with you. The first one being wisdom. The Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. It gives us the ability to see God at work in our lives and in the world. You know, for the wise person, the wonders of nature, the historical events, the ups, the downs in our lives, they take on a deeper meaning. If we allow the Holy Spirit to move in us when we are having an amazing day, we cherish it more deeply. And when life turns and we are struggling, the Holy Spirit allows us and gives us the wisdom to understand that even in the difficult times, it is for our good and for His glory. See, we see God as our Father and other people with dignity. See, without the Holy Spirit, we can have people in our lives that we look at and we, we may push them aside. But when the Holy Spirit moves within us, it gives us the wisdom to see everyone is a beautiful child of God. The Holy Spirit gives us knowledge. It gives us the ability to comprehend how we need to live as a follower of Christ. A person with knowledge is not confused by all the conflicting messages in our culture. A person with knowledge is not confused about what is the right way in order to live. Now faith. Faith is the cornerstone of Christianity, right? I mean, faith is really believing in Jesus, believing in God, believing in the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit moves within you, faith isn't just simply believing, but rather a belief that is absolutely undeniable. Have you ever just known God was going to move in your life? You just got that sense or that feeling or maybe had a vision with such clarity that you knew that it would just come to fruition? That's faith. I remember, and I spoke about this previously, when Pastor Nancy and I were on our way to Spearfish and I had a meeting and we had just had a uh, horrible news come to us and we knew that our lives were going to drastically be changed. And I looked over to her and she was filled with this peace. This faith. She says, I don't know what it is, but I just know everything is going to be okay. That's the faith that only can come through the Holy Spirit. Healing. I think healing is an area in Christianity that sometimes we start to think, I think that only happens in the Old Testament. We start to believe that this is old biblical knowledge and that healing doesn't occur, but when the Holy Spirit moves through us, it gives us the ability to heal as people, it gives God the act to move through people to supernaturally heal the sick. You know, a person can be given the Spirit of God a gift to pray on a particular kind of disease, and they're given the ability to heal. There are many ways to be healed, and since there are many ways to be healed, the Holy Spirit empowers people in a different way. Speaking of powers, we talk about the next one, which is miraculous power. And once again, I think we think back to just you know, old biblical times, and we start to believe that miracles don't happen today. But I believe that truly that miracles do happen today. People are healed. Families are brought back together because of the power of miracles. See, God moves through people, through human instruments, when the Holy Spirit moves within us. It gives a person the ability to do a supernatural act by the divine energy of the Holy Spirit. You know, if we go back to the Old Testament, we can think about Moses and taking the staff and parting of the Red Sea. That was a miracle. Or we think of Jesus coming with just a couple of fish and a few loaves of bread and feeding the thousands. 
That was a miracle. But miracles still happen today because we're given the gift of the Holy Spirit. Prophecy. Prophecy is the ability to not simply foretell the future, but to reveal God's will. And I believe there is a difference. We have people that would say, hey, I can see what's going to happen in the future, but they may misunderstand or misconstrue that as the prophecy given through the Holy Spirit. But when the Holy Spirit moves through us, it allows us the opportunity to reveal what's God's will on our lives. Discernment. Some people think about the word discernment and they think, oh, I can just tell if something is going to be good or something is going to be bad or I can tell what's going on. But discernment is really the discerning of good and evil. You can think of it as the discerning between angels and demons potentially, and others might even say it goes further, that it allows us to hump, comprehend the things that are influencing the Spirit. I truly believe that Pastor Nancy has been given the gift of discernment. She has the ability to, you know, when, when the boys were younger and she would go out and she did a lot of street ministry, and she would have the ability, and she would walk up to people and people would be like, Nancy, what are you doing? You know, that's not safe. But I truly believe that she has the gift to know when it's okay and when it's not. When somebody is a beautiful child of God that's just struggling with maybe the circumstance of homelessness or the circumstances of life, or when somebody is influenced by the evil spirits. The next couple that are on that list are some that I think sometimes um, scare people a little bit. I remember when our, our son Brayden, who went to Catholic school and he he grew up in the Catholic church when he was younger and he came to a Pentecostal church and he heard people in the congregation speaking in tongues and he went back to his mom and he said, I don't like this. It scared him. I remember when uh, James came back from a church down south and somebody told him that if he didn't have the ability to speak in tongues, then the Holy Spirit hadn't moved through him and he wasn't really a Christian. But the speaking in tongues, realistically, you know, other people equate it to praying in tongues, but the ability to speak in tongues, generally when the Holy Spirit is moving through us, is that ability that God has a word for us that He wants to deliver us. And with that will always happen the ability of the interpretation of tongues. I remember being in our, in our church in Minnesota, and I, I didn't grow up in a Assembly of God Church. I didn't grow up in a Pentecostal environment, and I was a little weirded out by it too. But it was interesting that, that any time that in the congregation the speaking of tongues came, it always came with an interpretation. So those are the gifts of the Spirit, and if you were going to go back later and like, oh, I want to study the gifts of the Spirit more, you may find that there, some places would list seven, and some places would list nine, and some places would list twelve, because it's all upon how people have read in the Bible. Regardless of how many you find, these are all gifts that help us, they guide us, they comfort us, they speak to our emotional state, they speak to our intellectual state, and the attributes of the Holy Spirit will work in and through us because of who the Holy Spirit is. Think about it. God is love. We know that. I think oftentimes really new believers, when they're starting to try to figure out their faith, they know one thing that God is love because somebody who is a Christian has come to them and shared God's love. Therefore, God sent His Son to die because of His love for us. So Jesus, Jesus is salvation, so He brings salvation through His death and resurrection that was brought about by the love of God 
for each one of us. And then we have the Holy Spirit, which is emotional and intellectual and comforting and discerning, which is in all circumstances, builds our faith and our love for God. But as Christians, here comes the difficult part. The most rewarding part, but the most difficult part is the fact that the Holy Spirit brings comfort, but also brings conviction. And conviction is a very difficult thing at times, but if you were not brought up in the church, and maybe even if you were brought up in the church, there came a time in your life that you realized you were walking down the wrong path. For some of you, that may be currently going on in your lives right now, but you realize that the ways of the world that were influencing your life were leading you in the direction of death. And now I'm not just talking about a physical death, but I'm talking about a spiritual death. I know for myself, the day that I was sitting in the same church that I had an opportunity to meet Pastor Nancy and sitting in worship when I was overflowed with this emotion and the tears flowed down my face, the power of the Holy Spirit moved in me and convicted me and made me realize that I was heading down a path that I didn't want to go. When a non-believer comes to Christ, it's often because he or she discovers this realization. They discover that their life is not in the direction that they want to go. Pastor Keith has shared his message over and over again that he was a young man that the only reason he went to church is because there were girls there. And one night he was sitting in his car, and I believe he'd been drinking that night, and he sat in his car, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit moved on him. And at that moment... His life was forever changed. But non-believers discover that they're not able to change their ways on their own, and sometimes even us as believers realize that. We realize that we need the power of Jesus to save us from ourselves and save us from our sins. We realize that we need to follow a different path in order to find peace and harmony in our lives. See, that conviction comes from the, in the form of the Holy Spirit moving in your lives, moving in other people's lives. And what might be some confusing sometimes is the Holy Spirit can move in you, and then the Holy Spirit can be imparted within you. See, the Holy Spirit can lead you to decide to make a change in your lives. But when you have that opportunity for the impartation to happen... The power of the Holy Spirit will move you to change. It will begin to allow God to move in your life. It will begin to give you those gifts that you see on the screen. See, as believers, we need conviction because conviction helps us to embrace holiness and turn away from sin. Have you ever had this moment? Maybe you're watching a movie on TV and it seems like a pretty good movie. And then you get halfway through the movie and you're like... I'm not sure if I should really be watching this right now. Or maybe you're listening to the radio or listening to some music and something comes on and pretty soon you're like, whoa, this is kind of feeding me in the wrong direction. I remember I was trying to be funny one day and we were driving kids up to Rapid for the big fine arts festival and I'm like, I'm going to... And somehow somebody started singing the ABCs. It was, you know, you get with kids and weird things happen. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to find some like screamo music of the ABCs and it's going to be fun. So I put God on YouTube and turned on the Bluetooth and pretty soon the words that were coming out were not very pastoral, if you understand what I'm saying. And everybody looked at me and they thought, what in the world's going on? But the Holy Spirit allowed us to be convicted and say, even though this is pretty funny, we probably better turn it off. You know, the Holy Spirit indwells in every believer upon salvation. In fact, the book of John chapter 16, verse 8, 
tells us that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. See, conviction brings us to salvation. It's by the conviction of the Holy Spirit that we come to the saving grace of Jesus' death and His resurrection. I imagine Jesus sitting with His disciples and it was almost time for Him to leave. And He sat down with them and He told them that He was going to leave. And if you, if you remember from Scripture, they, they weren't real happy about it. They didn't want Him to go. But He said this in the book of John chapter 16, verse 7. It is for your good that I'm going away. They were like, what? I don't think so. But then He goes on to say, unless I go away, the Advocate or the Holy Spirit will not come to you, but if I go, I will send Him to you. So they were in Jesus' presence and they were experiencing Jesus' salvation, but without Him leaving and, and giving that ability to impart the Holy Spirit upon them, their lives couldn't be changed anymore. See, God creates, Jesus brought salvation, but the Holy Spirit brings us power. This power is divinely important to our walk with Christ. See, we need the power of the Holy Spirit. I need it and you need it. We need it because without it, our witness for Christ will be lacking. It will lack deep conviction. It will lack self-denying courage. It will lack wisdom and it's going to lack effectiveness. Acts 2.38 says, Repent, let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. See, when Peter spoke this and he put it to pen and he, he wrote it, his message was clear and simple. Repent, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. So today I want to share with you four ways that the Holy Spirit will enable us to do the things that we cannot do by ourselves. See, it's by the power of the Holy Spirit that number one, we can boldly proclaim the Gospel. Have you ever had that moment when you met somebody that you weren't sure if they were a believer, but you wanted to talk to them about your faith? It can be a difficult task. It can be a difficult journey. But the Holy Spirit gives you the ability to boldly proclaim the Gospel. The book of Acts chapter 1.8 says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Consider the story of the sinful Samaritan woman. I'm sure all of you or many of you have heard about the story of the woman at the well. Okay, It comes from the book of John chapter 4. And this woman comes and meets Jesus and everybody's like, Jesus, why are you talking to this woman? Because she's a sinner. And they just don't understand. And Jesus goes on and talks to her about the well and gives the analogy of the living water. And at that moment, her life is changed. At that moment, she believed that Jesus was Lord and she received Him as living water. And at that moment, she left her pot and she ran off and she spoke, spoke to the group of people. She went away into the city. And in fact, in John 4.29, it tells her words as she said, Come see a man who told me all that I have done. Is this not the Christ? See, she didn't wait to go to gospel preaching schools. She didn't go out and memorize a bunch of Bible verses so that she could go share them with other people. She simply received the gift of the Holy Spirit 
and that Holy Spirit gave her the desire to share the gospel. Just like her, we can tell somebody about the precious Christ that we have received as the Savior. Number two, the reason, the importance of the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit helps us to pray when we don't know how. Have you ever had that moment that you, that you knew you needed to pray, but the words would just not come to you? Maybe I'm the only one. I don't know. But the book of Romans chapter 8.26 says, and it says, For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. See, Paul writes that we are so weak that at times we don't know what to pray for. Sometimes we see such horrible things going on in our lives and in our world that we don't even know where to start. But see, we've been given access in prayer to God. So I want to explain that last part a little bit, the groaning which cannot be uttered. See, sometimes I believe that we feel this need, this need for, for God, for Him, but we don't even know why. Have you ever had those moments and people come up to you and they're like, what's going on with you today? And you say, I don't really know. Just a little bit off today. I think most of us say, oh, it's okay. I'm just a little bit tired. I think that's the general socially acceptable excuse to say, you know what? Life is really cruddy right now. I'm just a little bit tired. But when we don't know what to pray for, the Holy Spirit gives us the opportunity to pray. This feeling that comes from the depths of our soul. See, when David said in Psalm 42.1, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. See, at that moment, he was crying out from the depths of his soul of who he was. He cried out for God. He was at a point where he couldn't even move, but he was crying out to God. See, the Holy Spirit steps in and carries those unsaid groanings and those pants, as it says in there, that can't be expressed in human words to God. So what does that mean as, as us when we're called to pray? It simply means it doesn't matter the words that come out or if any words come out at all, just spending the time allowing the Holy Spirit to move within you and to pray to God. See, the Holy Spirit is our helper in all times of need. So number three, the number one, three reason why the Holy Spirit is so powerful and so important is the Holy Spirit helps us to deny our flesh and live rightly. And this is so vitally important. See, conviction is the believer's best friend. And you might be saying, I don't know about that, Pastor Brad, because sometimes life looks pretty fun, but conviction comes along and stops me from having that fun. But without conviction, sin actually becomes a normal part of our lives. Whether it's in thought or speech or action, conviction empowers us to move in the direction that we're called to go, to live the life we are meant to live. Like I said before, when those thoughts or those actions or those words come in our mouth, conviction points us in the right direction. See, what, what worries me about today's culture and today's society is I think some young people think, oh, once I'm a believer and they understand God's grace and Jesus' salvation is without the Holy Spirit, they continue to live with a life of sin almost as an excuse to keep going in the direction that they were going. You know, some people believe that Jesus' saving grace just wipes away our sin, which is true, but they believe that it's somehow an entitlement to keep on sinning. 
See, sin should be something that we consistently fight against, and honestly, sin should be something that we are frustrated with. When our lives get filled with sin and we can't push them away, we should be frustrated. When we see sin in the world, we should be frustrated by it. In the book of 1 Thessalonians 1.5, Paul says, Our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power, and in the Holy Spirit with full conviction. See, when we're covered with the Holy Spirit, conviction will be something we long for because it's the very thing that allows us to deny our flesh-loving, our sinful nature, our desires, which we all have. And it gives us the opportunity to walk in the holiness found in Jesus and the Holy Spirit. See, holiness has been forgotten about in the church today and replaced with this with hype and soft gospel that brings little conviction. But the church is actually called to proclaim the gospel. I mean, I can come up here every Sunday and I can preach the word to the people that come here. But what about the people that we meet on the street every day? The people that I can't encounter? As a church, and I don't mean the building, I mean the people, we are called to proclaim the gospel. We're called to bring other people to a deeper relationship with God that they may not walk in the that they can walk in the power that produces conviction and brings other people as well to a relationship with God. Number four, the Holy Spirit produces effectiveness. In Luke chapter 1, 15 through 17, the angel Gabriel tells Zechariah that his son John the Baptist that his son, John the Baptist, will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb, and he will turn many of the sons of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him and in spirit and in the power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just. In Acts 11.24, it says that Barnabas, who was a good man full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a large company was added to the Lord. In other words, the Holy Spirit covered him, and through his ability to spread the word, a large community of believers was added. We need the power of the Holy Spirit because our human heart is so hard, and it's so hard to turn to God. Have you ever been through a struggle? Have you ever had a doubt in your faith? Have you ever had that moment when you cried out and said, God, I just don't understand? How could this happen? See, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to turn and say, God, I know that I don't understand what's going on, but I have the faith in You and the faith in the resurrecting power of Jesus and faith in the Holy Spirit. And I believe that this is for Your good and Your will. See, people come to know Jesus not because of some great sermon, but because of the Spirit's power at work. You know, if evangelism isn't supernatural, then it has no significance whatsoever. We can go out to the city and sit in the streets of New York City and spread the word, but if there's no supernatural being, people are going to just look at us like a weirdo with a sign. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to move through us if we're to evangelize. See, when Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would come alongside us, he meant that this one that was called alongside us will be available to help us with our deepest needs. You know, if we're grieving, if we're sad, He'll be the comforter. If we're stumbling or we're trying to find our way, the Holy Spirit will be our guide. When we're trying to understand a passage in Scripture, the same Spirit who inspired it will come to be our teacher and our mentor, unfolding its meaning for us. 
This is the glory of the wonderful Holy Spirit. He will come alongside us to help us in the ways that we need Him. And He convicts us of sin. No man can do this. No minister can do this. It's only by the power of the Holy Spirit. See, I can come to you on Sunday and I can take the sharp blade of truth and I can pierce it through your heart. I can plunge it deep into your chest. But I can't convict you of sin. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. A preacher can preach until he's blue in the face. You as Christians and other people who love you can pray until they feel that they can't pray anymore. You know, Pastor Nancy and I often talk about our son Nicholas who, who just struggles. He's the most amazing father and we see him on Snapchat and he video chats us and life is so beautiful and so perfect. And then when, it, when Lyric goes back to mom, sometimes life tends to fall apart and we pray and we pray and we pray. But without the Holy Spirit moving every day in His life, we won't begin to see change. See, you you can read and you can hear Scripture. You can memorize Bible verses. Other people can weep over you and the sin that's in your life, but the change that you need in your life is only going to happen when the sense of the convicting power of the Holy Spirit falls upon you personally. Have you ever been in that moment where you saw somebody and you just wished that they could change? And you prayed out to God and you prayed with great faith that your prayers would be heard, but yet nothing happens. See, it's until that power of conviction, the power of the Holy Spirit falls upon somebody that they once have the ability to change their lives. You know, when you feel that you've sinned and you want to be a Christian, when the weight of your guilt bears down upon you, the Holy Spirit is convicting you, and that's when you need to say, hey, I give it all to you. I'm not going to resist anymore. See, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to bring people to Jesus. We need the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can live upright lives ourselves. We need the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can walk out our lives in the holiness that is only found through the Holy Spirit. We all need to seek the Lord today. We all need to seek the Lord every day. Did you know that every single day you need to seek and ask God for forgiveness? You need to seek and ask the Holy Spirit to move in your lives. You need to be continuously renewed. As we start to end this message today, I'm going to ask that you all please stand with me. I'm going to ask today if you join me in a moment in another time of worship. And as we worship, I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to truly move in your lives. See, if you're at a place in your life where sin has taken root and it can't be eliminated, you need the Holy Spirit. If you're a believer but you struggle to forgive yourselves the way that Jesus has already forgiven you, you need the Holy Spirit. If you struggle to share your faith with others even though you know it's the right thing to do, even though you know your testimony will help change the lives of others, you need the Holy Spirit. So as we worship together today, I just want to pray for you. Whether you're standing at your seat, whether you are, or whether you feel led to come to the altar in a sign of surrender, I want to pray for you and I want to pray that the Holy Spirit will move upon your lives. Gracious and Heavenly Father, we thank You for the, for the gift of the Trinity. We thank You for the power of the Holy Spirit today. And we just ask that the Holy Spirit will come and fill this room to, to change us from the inside out, Lord. That the Holy Spirit will empower us with those gifts that only the Holy Spirit can give, Lord. So today as we...
finish in this time of worship, Lord. Allow us to only see you, Lord. Allow us to only hear your word and hear your will upon our lives. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.